0: everyone, this is CFRC 101.9 FM and you're listening to The Scoop with me, Prerna Subramanian. Today we have with us Yara Hossain, Equity Commissioner from the Arts and Science Undergrad Society. Given Queen's campus is no stranger to misogynistic and sexual violence, the most recent incident being the misogynistic science held, held up during homecoming. Um, Yara and I are here to discuss actions, resources and advocacy around sexual violence on campus that might help us bring us the, the necessary changes we need um and and also keeping in mind uh, that this is a triggering topic for a lot for a lot of people um i'm this is just a warning that we might be discussing things which are uh, potentially traumatizing and re-traumatizing so i would uh, want our listeners to pay heed to that yara thanks for coming i would love for you to give a short introduction to our audience about yourself
1: um, hello. Um, hi, everyone who's listening. Uh, I'm Yar Hussein. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm a third year biochemistry student in, um, here at Queens, uh, and I'm uh, pretty involved in campus as uh, the current equity commissioner, as Perna had just mentioned. Um, I'm also, uh, I also work in the sexual violence prevention and response office uh, as one of the bystander student coordinators, and I t- uh, create content for the bystander training for students. Um, I'm very pass- passionate about student advocacy work and um, uh, Similar things such as like health equity and just uh, equity work in general, um, and I'm, I'm very very pleased to to be uh, here um, talking with you or sharing my uh, sharing some things today with you folks.
0: Thank you, thank you so much for being here, Yara. And like my question, which is to start us off is actually from your own trajectory, which you've just described in an introduction as like advocating for bystander intervention and sexual violence prevention. So I just want to know what has your experience been like working for this this kind of like uh, like, um, social issue on campus while being an undergraduate student yourself? I'm sure it has been a tough ride, so yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'd say that, um, honestly, like my passion really comes from my family and uh, just like what what the topics we discussed at the dinner table growing up. Um, So coming to Queens, um, even though I'm a Kingstonian myself coming to Queens, I also experienced like a major culture shock. It's Queens is a predominantly white institution. Um, And seeing, um, you know, seeing just like the the the, the requirement and like all the work that needs to be done within this university when it comes to um, it dismantling like institutional racism and then also like the misogyny culture that's on campus and the rape culture um, that's on campus as well as um, just like the amount of uh, myths that are also circulating and we can talk about, about more about that later. Um, yes. Uh, that circulate a lot of uh, different spaces and it prevents students from being able to reach out and ask for support or for students to speak up about um, issues that they're currently facing. So yeah. I'd say that um, all of these little things that I've been learning about um, on this campus just the past couple of years have really mo- been like the pushing factor and the mo- my motivator to want to participate in, the, in these kind of spaces uh, with equity and, and with uh, bystander work and uh, just like with advocacy in general.
0: Yeah, and I re- I really like that you, you just started off with, for us, talking about racism and sexual violence together because, of course, they cannot be divorced from one another. Like, can mm-hmm. you speak more to that in terms of initiators uh, on campus or, uh, like, because you do advocacy work, like, what are the resources... Available in the university and what are the problems in like just shedding more light on the problems that you're already like uh, just mentioning right now like of how access to these information or these resources is tough for some students more than others so yeah just speaking to like the intersection of racism and sexual violence and uh, the resources available on campus yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Um, so exactly like you said, um, those like racism and uh, sexual violence are not like they're very much um, one in, uh, together. Um, and what like one of the biggest instances of seeing that is uh, the data that has come out from the Queen's climate, uh, the Queen's student climate survey, uh, mm-hmm. the just this past year in 2021. And I've actually sit on one of the committees to um, kind of break down these numbers and, and see uh, what kind of like action pieces can go into place. And one of the more, um, you know, uh drastic num- numbers that had have come out and uh just like one of the pr- pr- prominent things that we have seen is that um folks who are for instance uh two spirit or trans or trans people or um like black women specifically um mm-hmm. as well as like other racialized folks um, are most likely to have experienced um, sexual violence on campus. I unfortunately don't remember the exact statistics, but like those exact percentages, but um, anyone can feel free to look up that, um, look up those numbers um, and and study them themselves. Um, But yeah, just seeing again, like how the most marginalized communities on campus are the ones who are most likely to experience sexual violence, um, most likely to experience harassment and discrimination from their peers, from their, uh, from the institution as a whole, and like from uh, their professors or their TAs or um, whichever. Or other um, you know, uh people that they may interact with. Um, and so again, like seeing how even though marginalized people on campus are again marginalized in the sense that they are this like much smaller communities, mm-hmm. um, uh they do have like they they were much more prominent in those statistics when it came to sexual violence and um fears of disclosing to other members or like other like their peers right. or like other stakeholders within the university, such as the sexual violence office. Um and that all comes with um, again, like that fear of like that feeling of isolation that um, a racialized or queer person might feel um, after um, experiencing something like sexual violence. Um, So there's um, the contribution of like their um, like again like the intersectional piece of their identity but then also how that contributes to a predominantly white institution um, in a colonial project like Queens and how there are really not that many spaces for them to uh, make those disclosures and reach out for supports um, on campus unfortunately um, I will say that however um, resources like the Sexual Assault Center of Kingston um, provide like a really amazing um, perspective because they do they do focus like on a very interesting interse- intersectional uh, and survivor-centric approach where that, um, you know, they have different counselors and different folks to speak with a survivor. depending on like what language the survivor wants to disclose in or what language or like what culture the survivor comes from and and wanting to just like be with someone who is similar to them. Um, And that is something I'd say is majorly lacking here at Queens, unfortunately. Um, As good as the Sexual Violence Prevention Response Office is in general, I would say that uh, one of the more uh, disadvantages is that there are only two white women who uh, work in the office in the sense of like um, listening to student disclosures. And this creates like a very like a major barrier when it comes to Um, specifically like male students who have experienced uh, or like uh, men identifying students at least who have experienced um an incident of harassment or uh sorry uh, of uh sexual violence because um the, their perpetrator may have been a woman identifying person and that can definitely be re-traumatizing um uh, and so that's something that I'd say as in my time working in that office and um like working with the people in that office is something I've seen and something I've tried to push for a bit more and advocate for is to diversify um who works in the office um as well right. as diversify like the policy um in terms of uh, again like taking into consideration the intersectional identities of students um in especially again going off of that data that came out from this survey from this past year as it's definitely like it's something that students want to see um, but yeah
0: correct and I, I really like that you brought up data and survey and which, because uh, one of the things which uh like Generally, the graduate student body, as GPS, PSAC, and even like m- m- informal conversations around campus are like there's a lot of surveys and data that the university collects. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's different kinds of surveys. There's the equity survey. There's the student experience survey. Like which, whatever like comes to my mind right now. But like there is a clear lack of information from the university around its own policies. Uh, for example, like sexual violence policies or harassment policies. Like uh, only a few people who perhaps Perhaps are at positions of power or, or like are in student governments would would know that these policies exist or what are the information what, what are the like the nitty-gritty of these uh, the the harassment policies like i know like when i talk about uh harassment or sexual harassment on campus like there are a lot of people who do not just who j- just aren't aware that there is actually like a proper policy or a mandate that the university follows would you agree with that or like is is there a lack of awareness around it uh, uh, uh like how do we how do we get more info to go around around how what's the university's ma- policy around sexual violence and harassment because um, I guess that lack of awareness also uh, adds to the idea of feeling unsafe on campus because you don't know how you're being supported or what are the rules and regulations and rights and responsibilities one has. So, like, where do we get information about university's own policies around sexual harassment and sexual violence?
1: Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. And honestly, something that even in my time uh, doing uh, like uh, doing like efficacy work for um, sexual violence response and uh, prevention work is um, I've seen like the the not just like the lack of awareness about the policy, but also because people know that the policy generally exists, that there is something in place by the university. Mm-hmm. But first of all, it's difficult to read. It's highly inaccessible exactly. for students to, yeah. um, especially a survivor who just experienced an incident of assault or harassment or uh like sexual violence. Um, they're not going to be like, oh, let me go online and check out what the policy says, like this um 20 right. page yes. policy says about what my rights are, right? So it's a very, it's very daunting and difficult and although the university in my conversations with faculty members and staff members what i've heard from a lot of people is like oh we're working on revamping the policy or we just updated this or that in the policy again policy language is very inaccessible for students especially when we consider again the most marginalized communities who may not even be aware of policy language Mm -hmm. um like like international students for instance for instance um and so when it comes to transparency about these things um and then as well as like telling students like what their rights are when it comes to um you know what measures can be in place to support them so for instance a lot of a lot of students and survivors who i've even spoken with didn't even know that they could um, access academic accommodations um if they've experienced right. an incident of sexual violence or even harassment and discrimination and how they can um you know take some time off from school to just focus on on the themselves and their well-being before uh being able to like return back to their academics um and so that's like a major um major like a major place where there's like a a lot of like unawareness um Mm -hmm. and so as part of a student government that's like one of our our roles like um as equity commissioner i can speak a bit on this but that's one of our roles is like uh, or one of our the projects that we're currently conducting um is we have like a transparency campaign um, and we met with Sexual Violence Prevention Response Office, as well as the um, Sexual Assault Center of Kingston, so the SAC, um, and even like um, this uh, new app called Haven. It's the Haven app. It was conducted started by a couple of students from Uf- uh, University of Toronto. Um, and so and it's something that we're hoping to bring to campus. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the transparency piece, like really just showing people like if you go to the sexual like the svpro as i'll be referring to it moving forward um Mm -hmm. if you go to this office like what kind of like what should you be expecting um uh what should uh like what kind of things you can talk about in this in this room um, that it's confidential because some students also believe that there is and that's the myth that I had brought up earlier is that some students believe that if the, for instance they is close to a professor or for, to a TA um, that that professor TA has an obligation to report it to the university even though that is not true um, so again there's all of this like policy all this policy talk and all of this like um unawareness about what the policy even uh, does um deters survivors and deters students from holding their perpetrators accountable um, and deterring survivors from um, seeking support and help uh, in very different, in like many different ways. Um, and it's honestly like what kind of has continued the cyclical kind of force, uh, cyclical like action of um, of Queens being like a very not, like not the safest space for survivors.
0: Got it. And, and I, I hear you and when... The fact that you you were talking about like uh, like if someone goes through something, their first instinct won't be to go and read legalese, right? Like read like tough yeah. language on on this is how we support you in 20 pages. Like of course, like that's that's very counterintuitive to what a survivor might go through, and that is what brings me to something which uh, which might seem like tangential but let's see what you think about it like there's a lot of talk about mental health on campus like there's this recent thrive initiative uh, which is which is like focusing on how queen students are thriving against odds in the pandemic and like there's a lot of talk about uh, empowering students resilience and like basically a lot of mental health jargon is being thrown around in the university but there is a clear lack of trauma-informed therapy on campus and like and we are you're just like what you were saying right now like how how survivors uh, know that this campus is not uh, safe for them and reading uh, like knowing one's rights is one thing preventing sexual violence is one thing like let's just assume that structurally uh, we live in an unsafe space and people should know that uh, if if something happens to them they they should have supports to to which is available for them and a lot of it is mental health related uh like to actually survive uh beyond what they have they have gone through so do you think do you think are there any resources for students which again lack of awareness we don't know about where they can they can access some kind of uh survivor informed a survivor center center therapy or just like talking to somebody without without going through like Um, you know, how do I how do I make someone um, like it's like through through a punitive kind of point of view, like more more survivor centric, more trauma informed uh, ways of mitigating sexual violence. So, yeah, like, are are there any resources available on campus that our audience might not know of, but like you, you might be able to tell us about? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, usually, like if a student is looking for, um, and I will say that the Sexual Violence Prevention Response Office here on campus does use a pretty uh, survivor centric approach um okay. where they make sure that the survivor is deal uh, is like detailing exactly what pursuits they want to pursue uh-huh. the accountability or um like mental health supports and counseling um or like academic accommodations as I mentioned earlier but when it comes to mental health and counseling um this the office doesn't have like a person who they mm-hmm. will provide as a counselor uh but they do direct this they would direct the student to the student wellness center on campus um and I know that that's another problem is that with the student wellness center um there are, I believe, like, only two um, people of color, like, uh, uh, counselors, can I uh, I say, or psychiatrists, I believe, of color, Um, and so not, again, like, very limited number of supports on campus that exist for mental health uh, support, trauma-informed support, and that kind of thing, Um, so I would say that usually just because of our close connection with the SAC, um, I would typically recommend students, or, like, inform like a student or survivor to just reach out to the SAC and um, you know, um either like via email or like they have like all different ways to connect with them um, and request like a a um a counselor or a therapist who can use that tra- trauma, um, trauma-informed, uh like survivor-centric okay. approach while also, you know, being someone of um like of the students like I, similar to the student's identity if that's something that the survivor is looking for um so again like a person of color or like a, a queer individual or a non-binary person or um, whatever the, the survivor might be looking for so unfortunately that is something that i'd say is highly lacking on campus is that um because of all the policy and the bureaucratic stuff um, sometimes like it's neglected that the survivor like what the survivor might need um because it's like um you know, the keeping the confidentiality parts as, as well. So um, transferring a survivor from one office to another, to another, just so that they can get a little bit of mental health support um, is something that's like also kind of um, like lacking on in the university's end. Um, and honestly, it's something that I would love to see in the next uh, year or so is um, to have more counselors in the uh, sexual violence prevention response office. Who are um, you know? Who represent the students and who are able to uh, talk with a survivor based on whatever they they like require and like counseling measures they, that the survivor might need at that in that kind of time. Yeah. And again, exactly. this is um. Sorry, I'm just gonna add like one more. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. This yeah. is also something that typically does not occur to a survivor. Again, especially like during a very traumatizing period of, in their life um, and having to retell their story to different people yes. um, in different like offices and stuff, that is also pretty re-traumatizing. So um, yeah, and like, it might not occur to a survivor, like, oh, I would want to talk specifically with a person, um, like a person of color, or specifically I want to talk to um, like, a, like a person who looks like me or, or a guy or a girl. Um, it's usually just like, I'll talk to the first person I can talk Where to. Where was correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. Am I cutting?
0: No, 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 no. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, they usually like the survivor is usually like looking just for any kind of support in that time until they think about it later. And they think about, oh, how I could have like, how they could have, you know, how they would have felt more comfortable disclosing to someone who looked like them. Um, And so I feel like that's like a major gap that can really, you know, that if it's filled in and those roles are hired within the institution, we can definitely see like major changes with survivors coming forward and and disclosing and um, getting the supports that they may need.
0: 100% and I think uh, uh, I would like to hear uh, more about this from you like uh, these resources are also inaccessible because perhaps a lot of them are also not financially viable so like Mm -hmm. uh, after a point like even student wellness uh, services are not covered by insurance for some students like there's, there's a lot of like financial barriers as well and in terms of in terms of your advocacy with bystander intervention I think I wanted to say like let's let's just assume of course there is financial barriers in accessing something uh, after some traumatic incident has happened so coming back to like preventing that that to have from happening uh, in and of itself what are the what are the like like uh, initiatives you've been able to take or are taking or are imagining should be taken uh, as the equity commissioner uh, for races and also in your role as bystander like are there specific initiatives which are currently ongoing which you can talk about uh, which sort of speaks to how how let's let's try and change the culture itself Uh, let's try and let's try and not uh, just have resources which assume and also reinforce the fact that you know what things are not going to change and you have to know how to mitigate and save yourselves from from this environment i mean yes true it's at once it's realistic but also it's very pessimistic to think about it like that so i wanted to like as a last question think about what, what is happening to change the culture itself on campus and how is your work sort of related to that like yeah
1: yeah for sure um it's really fascinating that you do bring this up this question up um because changing a culture on a campus like Queens like with the history of Queens and with the ongoing um you know uh colonial aspects that Queens does par- partake in um it does it does become difficult to think about like the big picture it's like how can we do all of this work and how can we change all this university yeah. um, but yeah. it's really um so like some of the things that we've been working on um within ASSIS is um uh like at least like a project that I've been working on is the equity grievance service um and so and this comes straight from like this was birthed straight from the data like the from the uh, queen's climate survey mentioned earlier um mm-hmm. and the seeing how many students prefer disclosing to a peer even if they don't know the peer like just like another person um rather than like um sorry like another student rather than disclosing to the administration and the, and right. the university um, and so the equity grievance service will act as a way to um just like mitigate that support and, like just you know um we're gonna be hiring like student volunteers who are familiar with all of the policy like mumbo jumbo all that language so like what the university can do but then also be aware that, like use like um trauma-informed like uh, processes and these mm-hmm volunteers who are who will work within the equity grievance service will um accept like any like if a student experiences like a harassment or discrimination kind of um experience from like the professor or like from a peer in their residence or um just like another student or someone in the community for instance. Um mm-hmm. and so um yeah and we've already seen like I've already seen personally like um students approach me and telling me just because you like are Muslim and like I, I can I feel like I'm uncomfortable talking to you over mm-hmm. the uh, like over someone from the university, um, I will tell you about my experience, even if I don't know these students. Um, so it's definitely like students have shown that they do, they are looking for students who look like them to, um, but, sorry, not just like students who look like them, but they are looking to um, disclose to other students and talk with other students about their issues. Um, but specifically, again, like talking with students who are aware of the policies that are in place and aware of the, med- the accountable measures that they can take and the support systems that are in place. Um, and so that's why I believe like um, also like just in general, like um, student Leader, like student leadership on campus, should be reflective of um, um, of like the of the student body in general. Um, so, um, and like why diverse diversifying student leadership is also important. Um, and then uh, as to other things that we are also working on, uh, again, just to like change that culture. Um, are like educational pursuits, so um, across all departments. So starting mm-hmm. even from like orientation week, where we show these incoming students who don't even know what Queens really is like just yet, um, that like what Queens is all about, and like that Queens has like not just like the zero tolerance policy that is constantly like talking about, um, like that uh, that the institution is constantly talking about, but also just like demonstrating that. So uh, for incoming students, um, for them to be um, you know taught some of the those like kind of key terms uh, such as like what sexual violence means, um, what happens when um, like, sorry, um, as in what can you do if you know someone or you are someone who's a survivor um, and like what kind of measures you can take. So starting from very early on, as well as just like talking about like misogyny and like rape culture and like how those also permeate on campus um, in just like a very small segment. Cause I feel like as an incoming students, you're still very impressionable and yeah. just knowing these things can already set the ground basis. Um, and then a bit higher up. So with like, in terms of like second, um, second, third and fourth year students and just like the culture on campus in general, um this this is definitely something that I believe all professors should be bringing up in all of their classes regardless not all classes but like at least one or two of their classes regardless of what co- uh, content they teach so I for instance I'm in biochemistry but I will I would love for one day for my professor to even on a single slide to just talk about um how um like you know uh, to just have a quick little segment about like rape culture and misogyny and um as well as like even racism and, and how These things are still relevant, even if that's not your degree of study. Just because you're not in sociology or politics does not mean that this these things don't affect you. Um, And this will would be fascinating to see across all departments. Again, normalizing the conversations around those kind of things because I feel like that will really be set the grounds to um, actually like enact change, and it could influence other students in the in the audience to maybe hold their friends accountable or um, hold their um, you know their roommates and housemates accountable. Um, And that way, like we will have like a, a very a campus filled like with folks who are like aware and knowledgeable about these things, and will be able to intervene, but also prevent um, things from happening. Uh, such as like you mentioned in the introduction about the homecoming signs, um, and so folks will be able to like be like, "Hey, that's not cool! Like, take that down, or don't even write that." Or um, they'll be able to engage in those conversations beforehand. Uh, and I really genuinely believe that this starts in the classroom. Um, and uh, and yeah, and lastly, uh, accountable measures. That's another thing that we're currently working on, um, and it also was kind of inspired by how um there are are multiple perpetrators and rapists and um, perpetrators of sexual violence who continue to attend queens and they're really protected by the university even if it's not intentional um just because the university um, requires a lot of evidence, for instance, from a survivor to actually take accountable accountable measures towards perpetrators, um, and so that kind of birthed a um, like a, an initiative that we're currently working on called Turn Them In, and it kind of plays off of the off, off of Turn It In, uh, which is like part of like academic integrity and making sure students don't like plagiarize. Um, so Turn Them In, Turn It In, is that, um, is like that uh, website that makes sure that students didn't plagiarize an assignment. Assignment. So turn them in is going to be more so, um, you know, let's hold students accountable, um, just as similar as we hold students accountable for academic integrity um, and how a student can be fully expelled from the university and not pursue other universities um, or like another post-secondary if they plagiarize their assignments, whereas a student can... Um, literally be a rapist and still be allowed to exist and come to this campus um, and then go into the workforce later being a queen's alumni uh, and i think that's something that's absolutely embarrassing as, as a university that we still we don't have these measures kind of in place and pushed forward a bit more um, and so that's another thing that we're really pushing for and something that i'm super passionate about is to remove perpetrators from campus um and like not really babe like um not really um you know cuddle them or you know, like the way that the university does sometimes, where it's just like they kind of protect them. Um, and I think that's just like absolutely disgusting. Um, but yeah, those are just like in general, like the things that we're working on here at ASSISM and that I'm pushing for and advocating for to um or like just work on uh work on that that changing that climate and changing that culture. Um and although again it's not something that I can do alone or in the next oh, yeah. year or so, um it does take a lot of a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and perspectives to help out with this kind of work and, and like a huge commitment as well and um, passion for for this kind of work as well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And I think like you've been speaking to community support and empowering informal community support and changing classroom dynamics where we should raise uncomfortable but like accountable questions with also like the language of equity is very important, which I, I really like that the initiative is already uh, like is 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 knowledgeable of this uh mutual aid that already goes around where where we we support uh we we sort of rely on support for uh, with uh towards our friends or like um and then empowering that relational dynamic itself it's almost like a mutual aid initiative which 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 sounds really very promising and also on the flip side it also shows a clear suspicion towards how university higher ups actually will stand up for its students i think that speaks for itself like i think the university should pay heed to the fact that their own students are 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 not reaching to to the available resources and admins because of how there is there is this clear there is a little bit of mistrust whether mm-hmm. whether uh, the the uh, those those processes will actually look out for the students right like whose whose interests are they protecting the fact that you're talking about perpetrators on campus and protection on campus it's also like not every perpetrator is also treated in the same restorative way like there is there is this hierarchy of restoration and reform as well and and that even if we we do not want a punitive or a policing culture on campus it we also have to know that the that the the current measures of policing at place will will not protect everybody right like they're they're set to protect only few people and and i think knowing that is very important and thank and the amount of initiatives that you've uh, you you are taking in your role is just so much and i hope that uh, student governments and unions on campus can support you and students like you in your initiatives because in the end you're also a student with a lot of work on your hand so i i i really appreciate you being here thank you so much i mean i'm sure our audience will take away key points for for them to mobilize uh, themselves i think all of us are complicit and all of us are accountable to to creating and changing a culture of misogyny and sexual violence on campus thanks again for being here
1: Thank you very much and thank you to the audience. I, I do hope that um you do take at least one small thing away from um this this amazing talk today. And I thank you very much, Perna, for inviting me.
0: That's it for the scoop. Stay tuned in for some good music at CFRC C101.9 FM.
1: Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.